Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name is Adam. I'm the lead communicator around here. I'm super excited that you are all here today with us. We are so pumped about what's going on around here at DHC lately, and we are right in the middle. Oh, my TV a little off? Oh, fantastic. It's like HD. Great. That's great. We are right in the middle of this five-week talk, five-week series called Happy Life. And last week we kicked it off, and one of the things that we said was that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are engaged in the local church movement, that your life should be filled with the most joy and the most excitement, the most passion that you could ever have, and that people should be drawn to us, and that our life really should be, at the end of the day, what? Happy. And so we're talking about happy life for the next couple of weeks and what this looks like. And I know like today is just going to be a little deep and we didn't even tell you what we were talking about today because we think it's that important. We actually wanted to kind of build up to it. Today might be one of the most important messages that you ever hear in your life. And furthermore, it's, it's, we think it's really, really important. But if you are new to the local church or maybe you've, you're coming for the first couple of weeks or maybe you've been around for a few months with us now, you are like, if you're like me, you go, at some point in the history of the, or my experience with the local church, they are going to have a message on money, and they are going to ask me for my money, right? Because you think that, right? And like you're thinking, someday they're going to pull the wool over my eyes, and they're going to, you know, like, I've been coming here, and like, so today, and inevitably, right, the one time that you ask your friend to come to church, the guy or gal is talking about giving, right? Inevitably, that happens, and that's what's going to happen here today. But today is not going to be your typical giving message at a local church, because let me tell you how a normal, typical giving message at a local church goes, right? Usually a guy with a microphone, and then like they talk about, you know, giving, and then there's like this big moment at the end where there's an ask, right, and they put a chest in the front of the room, and so like there, and usually it has a lock, like, and somebody will unlock it, and then there's like this moving song, like when I was a kid growing up, it was Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart, and so like they would sing this song, and then like, that's what the name of the song was, and then like the guy would stand up, and he's like, during this song, bring your checks to the front of the room, bring your American Express number, we can take that too, please put, place it in the chest, right? in front of us, right? That's how it normally goes. If you've been in that kind of environment, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That is not going to happen here today. In fact, this giving message might be something that you hear for the first time, and it might actually revolutionize your life because it revolutionized mine when I started to understand how important this idea of giving was. But let me just kind of set the stage for this. I want to tell you something. Talking about giving is awkward. Talking about giving is awkward. It is not the easiest thing to do. I don't love talking about it. You probably don't love hearing about it, but we actually believe that we would be doing you all who come to Downtown Harbor Church an injustice if we did not talk about giving because in the scripture it talks about giving and Jesus talks about giving. The problem is, because there's always a problem, most churches do an abysmal job at this. They do a horrible job at talking about giving. They kind of mess it up. And furthermore, what happens is, is that the people in the room who are hearing this message, the people in the room who are kind of getting to know this information for the first time, they sometimes, and most of the time, at least in my experience, they leave what? They leave guilty. They leave guilty. Because someone has guilted them into doing something. Someone has you know, convinced them that this is what they need to be doing. And then when they're not, then they leave guilty and it's just bad kind of all around. And I want to tell you about why this is so important. Because when you understand what it means to give, when you understand what it means to live a generous life and to give back, you understand that it is the most freeing, revolutionary thing that you could actually ever, ever do or participate in. But see, there's a problem. So we talk about giving. There's a big problem. See, a lot of people think that giving is just about money. People think that giving is just about 
money. And money's a part of it, and we're actually going to tackle that today, and we're going to you know, let that be a part of what we discuss. But most people think that giving is just about money, but Jesus calls us to a new way of thinking, a different way. So there's another word that I want to put on the screen. And this word is so important for us to understand as we think about what it means to give. And this word is generosity. Generosity, this idea of a generous lifestyle that when you say yes to Jesus and you are a part of the local church movement, that your door is open to other people. Jesus taught us that when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, that when you say yes to that, that you have a life that is now open to other people. It means your wallet is open to other people. It means your home, your door is open to other people. It means your heart is open to other people. And as we talk about this idea of generosity, and we talk about this in the context of our five-week talk called Happy Life, here's something that I want you to know and to never miss because this is so important. Generosity leads to happiness. Generosity leads to happiness. It can actually make you happier in your life when you choose to give, when you choose to be generous. It can actually make you a happier person. I'm going to talk about how in just a little bit. But I want to make a point. And you'll probably agree with this once you hear it. But I think this about human beings, right? Human beings, myself being one of them. I'm going to put a word on the screen that describes human beings. And I think you'll probably relate to this, right? Human beings generally are this what? Selfish. Human beings are selfish. It's in our human nature. It's in our DNA. We just want to do what? We want to take care of ourselves. That's not bad. It just is who we are. Furthermore, I made another observation about human beings, which I think is so cool. Human beings are programmed for self-preservation, meaning that we want to take care of ourselves and our families. We want to make sure we have food and water and a place to live over our heads. We are programmed for self-preservation. It just is who we are. But now... I want to make another point. I want to challenge you to think about something in a different and almost radical way. What if you thought about everything you had like this, that everything that you have isn't actually yours, it isn't actually ours, that our money, our homes, our families are just things that we've been entrusted with on our journey to figure out how to love other people as ourselves. And everything that we've been entrusted with, when you say yes to Jesus, that should be used to show love to other people. What if we thought about everything we had like that? Wouldn't everything be different? My buddy John, who did the announcements today, I was glad to have him back on the stage after a long time of doing those announcements because, boy, they were good for about a month, but, boy, were they brutal this morning, huh? But here's the deal, right? No, I'm just kidding. But when John, John gave a message about last February, it was in a series called Storytelling where he taught, taught a parable about people and what they were doing, but his bottom line that day, I love it. This is what he said, and I just want to bring it back. He said, it's not about what you have, right? It's about what you do with what you have. It's not about what you have. It's about what you do with what you have. So if everything is entrusted to you, and it's a gift from God, the people in your life, your home, your wallet, your 401k, if everything has been entrusted to you, what then are you going to do with what you have after you say yes to Jesus to invest in the lives of other people? That is why we started Downtown Harbor Church. So if you want to look at all your possessions that they're no longer yours, I just want to make another point, because this is so important, right? When we all leave the earth someday, because it will happen for all of us, right? Here's something that you've probably heard that's cliche, yet when you think about it, 
it's so true. It's this, is that you cannot take it with you. You really cannot take anything with you. I have a friend, um, he is a guy who loves to kind of live big and live life, and he has a motto, he has a saying, this is what he says. He goes, brother, he goes, when I go into the grave, I'm gonna go into the grave gripping my last dollar, and then my youngest daughter, I guarantee you, will come pry it out of my fingertips. That's what he says. And it's so true, right? Because this is the kind of life he wants to live. So if you can't take it with you, and you've said yes to Jesus, and your life should be investing in other people, here's my question for you. Here's my question. Why is your grip so tight on it? Because if we were being honest about all our stuff and our money and what we have, we're like this. We don't want to let it go. Because why? It's ours. We worked for it. But what if we looked at things like that and said, no, you know, know, it's not actually ours, but we've been entrusted with this so that we can show love to other people as Jesus called us to do. So at Downtown Harbor Church, one of the things that we take pride in is actually hearing what we hear today and know exactly what to do tomorrow in terms of a practical approach to a message. And so one of the things that I wanted to do was I just wanted to give you guys some very practical ways to participate in generosity. Because if you understand that generosity is giving of yourself to the lives of other people and organizations much like ours, and that leads to happiness, I want to make it very practical in ways that you can actually do that, right? So here's the first one. First one is this. It's monetary giving. I knew it. He was eventually going to go there. He was eventually going to talk about it. Yes, I am going to because it's so important to each one of our lives. There's an Old Testament principle, it's in the book of Malachi, that I'm going to put on the screen. And this word makes a lot of people uncomfortable in the room. In fact, the first time I heard this word, it made me very uncomfortable because I just didn't understand it. And I was like, all they want is my money, right? Here's the word. It's tithing. Let me tell you about what this means because this is an Old Testament principle that we need to understand for our lives today, right? Tithing is this idea that you would take one-tenth, this means a tenth, and you would give it to the local church or an organization that you're involved with. We hope it's us, but that's not what we do up here, right? But tithing is this idea that you would give one-tenth of what you have to help support causes, much like ours, that you believe in, right? This is an Old Testament principle that comes from the book of Malachi, and I want you to look at it on the screen. This is what he says. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. He goes on to say, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room room enough to store it. Let me tell you why I love and I don't love this verse, even though I believe it to be true. Because a lot of people, people in positions of power in churches, have used and abused these verses. And they've used and abused these verses to gain more, you know, ego for themselves or more possessions or high salary dollars, right? And here's what I want you to know about this. In my life, I believe in that principle. I do. And I'm going to tell you about my story in just a little bit. It's the way that organizations function and run much like ours. I believe in it when people can support us, right? But one of the things that I know is that there are a lot of people who would read that and go, you know what, Adam, I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with that principle. I don't, I'm not going to follow it. I think you guys are nuts if you do. I'm not going to do that. Let me, let me tell you why it's so important. At Downtown Harbor Church, our job is to educate you about what the scripture says. 
Our job has never been to indoctrinate you about what the scripture says. So I want you to know something about this principle, specifically at Downtown Harbor Church, because we're here to educate. We would be doing you a disservice if we didn't educate. This idea of doing what I just said, this is between you and someone else, and it's not us. And a lot of churches will tell you that it's between the church and the people. It is not. This is between you and God. It's between you and God. That's who it's between. It's not between me and you or the church and you. That's not what this is meant to do. But here's what I love so much about downtown Harbor. You could get me downstairs and say, that's bogus. I don't believe in it. I think you guys are nuts. Fine. What downtown Harbor Church has done is we've said, even if you don't believe in this, our job is just to tell you about it. We want you here anyway. You are welcome here. Not like other places that say, if you don't do this and you don't give this, that you're not welcome here. We want you here Anyway, so as we were planning this message and I was thinking about how important this message was, I wanted to take a minute and kind of do a DHC check-in because we're all like family and we're growing, which is really cool and exciting. But the number one question I get asked from people as I have coffees or lunches or dinners or happy hours with people, the number one question that I get is this, hey Adam, how are we doing on the building search? How are we doing? You know, as we search for that and we try to find our own space, well, we're continuing to look. But I thought I would take a moment and tell you about Downtown Harbor Church's operating budget. So Downtown Harbor Church's operating budget, we pride ourselves on being extremely fiscally responsible. And I wanted to let you know that the people who attend Downtown Harbor Church, those of us who come weekly, we take care of, in terms of giving, about 33% of our overall operating budget. Well, you might ask me, well, where's the other 66% come from? Well, there are folks, individuals around our country who have very generously, because they believe in generosity, pledged that money to us so that we could operate the other 66%, and their words are, we are happy to do this because we believe in generosity until you guys can support yourselves. And I think it's just very honest for me to be able to come up here and to tell you exactly where we're at in terms of finances, because that's important to us, right? But I want to also tell you something about my life because I never stand up here and tell people about or ask people to do things that I have never done myself. So when I was 19, I first heard this principle of tithing 10% of my income to help support the local church that I believe so much in. And I was like, those people are nuts, I'm not doing that. And then one day, I felt God move in my life. And I actually began to do this at the age of 19. And then when I got engaged to Caitlin, Caitlin was so fun at that point. She was, you know, she was in nursing school, and we were just you know, kids trying to get married and figure that out. And I'll never forget something that happened. Um, Caitlin, when she was in nursing school, she worked at an ice cream store in our community. And um, her uncle owned it, and she picked up a couple of hours when she could just to kind of help out with finances because she was in nursing school and all that stuff. And then one day, because I worked at the church at that point in time, she said, hey, can you do me a favor? She goes, can you turn in my check for me to the office tomorrow? I said, yeah, sure. She goes, thanks, that's, I'll take care of it, that's my tithe. And I opened it up and I looked at it, and it was $4.15. And I'll never forget it, because I said, you're just going to give five bucks, you know, that's it? And she goes, well, that's a tithe on my money. And she goes, I believe so strongly in the mission of what's going on there that I could not ever not contribute to what was going on. I believe in that place so much. And I don't often get emotional here. Sometimes when I talk about Caitlin, like on the one year, that's it. But when I, when I saw that, I was just like, my gosh, what dedication to a cause that she believes in. 
And I have done this principle in my life since I was 19. You can see my bank statement today. I do it still consistently. And I would never, ever, ever think of doing anything different than what I just described because I believe in this place so strongly. You can check it out if you want. I'll show you the printout. I'll get the white out. I'll take out the numbers. But I'll show you the printout, okay? But this is so important. The, the point is, even if you don't believe in that, even that's something that God hasn't led you to do yet, at Downtown Harbor Church, we still want you here anyway because we are all on this mission together. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And then it goes on to say, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who what? Gives cheerfully. If you're writing a check, if you're giving, and you're mad about it, dare I say you're almost not really giving. Do it cheerfully. But you know why I love this so much? It's because I said this at the beginning. Giving, being generous, is not just about money. That's one part of this whole generosity thing. So I wanted to give you a couple of practical things that you could do, and monetary giving was the first one. But the second one is this, it's possessions. What do you have that could be used to bless the life of someone else? Let's just take a very small example. I'm going to kind of breeze through this. But maybe it's your house. Maybe you've been blessed with a home that is very welcoming and you have extra space. And you want to have friends and family over and your house is the place where people go. Are you generous with your possessions? Or do you do this? Do you just hoard them all to yourself? Because as I said, you have to remember this. You can't take it with you. Never, ever forget that. Be generous with your possessions as well. And that's going to be different and unique for every single one of us in this room. But think about that. How can you be generous with your possessions, with what you have? And the last one, which I love so much, and this is one of the reasons I'm standing here today, is this. It's time. Are you generous with your time? Do you give back and do you invest in the lives of other people? Do you say, I'm not going to be consumed with my own self all the time, but I'm going to choose whether it's in a local church like ours to volunteer or you give back to other nonprofit organizations, you help people? Do you choose at some level to invest your time? I heard someone on a stage much like this say this to me about 15 years ago when they talked about volunteering for the first time. And I said yes to volunteering and I said yes to being generous with my time. And I'll never forget the conversations, how they went. Because I walked into a kid's director's office and I filled out my application. I said, I'm going to volunteer. And she goes, okay. I said, uh, I would like to work maybe with kindergarten and first graders. That would be great. And then she goes, okay. And she asked me, how often do you want to volunteer? And I said, I don't know, about once every six weeks. She goes, well, she goes, we're going to need you every week. I said, every week, woman? I said, I have things to do. And she said, well, listen, here's the deal. These children are developing spiritually, and you may be the only Christian influence that they have in their life. They might not even come from a home where the things that we're teaching them is taught. So what I need you to do is show up every single week so you can be that other adult in their life, hopefully saying the same, thing, the same things that their parents are saying. I said, yes, ma'am, I'll be here every week. So I signed up to give of my time every single week. And you know what God did through that? Some amazing things. It wasn't about me, but it was about what we all did together, volunteering and giving of yourself. And I have to just stop for a second. At Downtown Harbor Church, we have some of the most committed, 
passionate, excited volunteers that I've ever seen. You'll see those people who are in those gray shirts when they're coming in, which you don't know. You probably don't see them all, but there are people with nursery, you know, age kids and preschoolers and elementary age kids. And our number of kids at this church is kind of like growing, which is awesome. Like they're down there right now, like being bit and like, you know, spit on, which is really cool. But they're down there, right? And they're awesome because you know why? Because they've said yes to giving of their time. They've said yes to being generous with their time, right? And so as it relates to generosity, there's those three things. It's monetary giving, it's possessions, and then it's time. And I don't know where you're going to be at, wherever you land on all of those. But I'll tell you this. When you understand what generosity is, you will have the happiest life that you could ever have. It is so freeing. It is so awesome. It is so amazing to see what God will do through the lives of other people when we say yes to investing in other people first. Time, possessions, and monetary giving. So important as it relates to generosity. Why I love this so much is because the guy we always go back to, Jesus, he talked about giving. And I love this kind of eyewitness account when he saw something happening in the book of Mark. Chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Maybe one of the most powerful things in the entire scripture. It says, Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people did what? Put in large amounts. And then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. I love this moment because Jesus was watching this. And I imagine him like going, calling his disciples, going, hey, guys, come here. I got to tell you about what just happened. This was unbelievable. I got to have a teaching moment here. I got to tell you about what I just saw. Because then it says, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. Don't miss this. This is, this is everything. I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. And then he said, he goes, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. It's everything. She gave everything that she had. And Jesus saw this and said, hey, you want an example of what to do? That's what to do. Do that. That's how important this is. So you know what? As it relates to generosity and it relates to giving here's what i want everybody in the room to understand all of these things that we have are gifts from god and he says to us i love this what he says i'm going to go back to it he says the only time in the scripture that it says we can test him is in this giving thing he goes don't miss this start test me in it and see if i won't take care of you he's promised to take care of every one of our needs so you know what related to your money and related to your possessions, and related to your time, you know what I want to challenge every single person in the room to do? This is what I want to challenge everybody to do. Joyfully give it away. Joyfully give it away. All of it. And see what happens to your life when you are no longer bound by possessions and the things that can ruin all of us. Now, let me make a point, because I believe in this principle. A, you should be fiscally responsible. Like if you are not, if you are in debt, you should get out of debt. You should make sure your house is in order. Yes, you absolutely should do that because I don't want to see people going into debt for giving. That's not how it needs to work, right? Get your house in order. Be fiscally responsible. That's something we did and our, our lives are different because of it. But then joyfully give it away. 
And I will tell you something. It's just a personal story. We'll tell you. My life has been changed forever because when I was 19, I made a decision to start doing something. If I could explain to you, and I can't even put words to it, the blessings that God has poured out on my life as he promised in those ancient scriptural verses, if I could explain to you the blessings that God has poured out on my life because I chose to make that decision, I could never even put it into words. I literally have the chills talking about it right now. Like you can touch them after the service if you want, like they're real, right? I'm kidding, I'm not gonna touch the goosebumps, okay? That's how important this is. And when I think about my journey with Caitlin, and the journey that we're on and the blessings that have been poured out on our lives because we made decisions, I believe, I just get so overwhelmed talking about it because it's so important. So what if we got rid of the bonds of all of that stuff and we started related to our money and our possessions and our time to joyfully give it away? You want to talk about happy life? I got to tell you, so this week, you guys know that I'm a little off like I always have been. Like if you don't know this about me, I am. But like I was hanging out with some friends this week and we were talking and they're like, boy, it was just a brutal day. And I was like, yeah, was, I had a good day. I was like, you know, I get up every single morning ready to seize the day. Let's go. Like it's another day, another opportunity. I'm excited for every single day of my life. I would consider myself happy. I really would. And there's, a, as I said, there's a lot of unhappy people in the world. You guys have heard me talk about that. But as I started to think about happiness and I started to think about what I get the opportunity to do. I started to think about what it looks like to be generous, to give to churches and to organizations and to the lives of other people. And here's one thing I want you to know. You might be happy, but if you want to talk about true happiness, I think this. You will never be truly happy until you learn to give. And what I love so much about those verses is God said, test me. Hey, test, test God. That's what he said. Only time in the scripture. Test me. See if I don't pour out the blessings onto your life. What would it look like if we all had the opportunity to do that together? So I will tell you this. Today, you're going to go home and you're going to think about some things, maybe for the first time, which is awesome. What we've said and what we've put forward is not between this local church and you. It has nothing to do with us and you. And that's when I started out by saying most churches have done an abysmal job at this because that's how they present it. This is between us and you. No, it's not. This is only between you and God. And if you disagree with every single thing I said here today, what we love so much about this church is that we want you here anyway. You can engage. You can engage with people and build relationships and serve. But I will tell you something I believe from the bottom of my heart. You'll never be truly happy until you learn to give. Let me pray for us. Dear God, I am um, thankful for your presence. I'm thankful for who you are. I'm thankful for how you move. I'm thankful that you allow us to talk about this here in a very open forum. Because God, you know, as a church, we could just turn away from this because it's a difficult topic and not talk about it. But you call us to. And I'm so thankful that for the first time ever, we've had an opportunity to unpack this at Downtown Harbor Church. Dear God, I pray that you would move through the hearts of people and so they would respond to you in the way that you want them to respond. And that they would seek you in all that they do. Because this is not between us and them. It's between them and you. We're here to educate, God, not indoctrinate. So God, help us in our journey. 
follow us, Lord, as we seek you with all that we do. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.